All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 77 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I am your host this week, Lonnie Weissauer, STL Kiss on the Kiss FAQ message board. And joining me on the show today is Ken, 69th Blizzard, Mark, Marcus Almighty, and joining us for the second week in a row is Alex, the bag boy, the um, the engaged man, or the betrothed man, as you would say. <laughs> so, welcome guys, thanks for coming on the show. Obviously, Julian is not here this week, so we're stuck with listening to a lot of me this week. Um, a couple of KISS things going on, a couple of KISS items of note going on in the world. Um, the Canadian band Helix kind of played off of a tweet that Gene sent out about this time last year about rock being dead. And they released a, a song in a video today called Gene Soon Says Rock is Dead. Now, I haven't had a chance to watch it because I've been at work all day, but Ken, you said you've seen it. What did you, what did you think of that? I've seen it uh, this morning, and uh, when I saw there was something new, and you know, I'm aware of Helix uh, from listening to them back in the 80s, so, um, and they were a pretty, pretty good hard rock band. So um, I listened to it. Yeah, it was pretty good. They had, uh, it was a catchy little tune, and uh, I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the you know one guy dressed up like Gene Simmons in the Love Gun costume and the makeup and the whole bit, uh, um, and he's you know making his trying to make some of the Gene's uh, uh, facial gestures and and so on and movements here and there when he's in it. But uh, it was good. I I enjoyed it. Um, so I'm considering actually picking it up. It's going to be part of a best of I guess of Helix. Interesting. Either you, Alex, did you see it or? I did, I saw, and, uh, yeah, catchy tune, catchy little riff, you know, worth a listen if you haven't heard it yet, worth a watch, and it'll make you laugh if you're a Kiss fan. <laughs> kind of funny. Mark, what about you, did you see it? Nope, no. I have not seen it, so I can't give any, in, any input at all. Neither this. can I. What I kind saw of a Canadian still fan image of it. <laughs> I saw like the still image of it, but I didn't Mark, like Mark seemed almost insulted to ask that. Mark, did you see it? Nope. No, no. <laughs> sorry, I asked. <laughs> I've seen one too many Helix videos in my time living here in Canada, so. Okay. You're overdosed. Yeah. <laughs> so, another little tidbit today. Um, KISS announced, like, the uh, 2017 KISS calendar will be available soon. And I know we've been sitting on pins and needles waiting for that. But the interesting thing about it is the fact that and it wasn't, you know, I, I saw it and it's like, oh, it's the Love Gun album cover. So it's 40th anniversary of Love Gun. And I thought, oh, well, maybe that's a, maybe that's a, a deep tease about um, maybe a project Kiss might have in store for next year. Or, or, you know, 40th anniversary, maybe we're starting a little promotion a little early, maybe accidentally a little early that, you know, that we're really going to play that up. And then somebody posted on the FAQ, somebody posted like the the back of the calendar has like all the photos for each month and it's photos of gene paul eric and tommy all in the <laughs> monster outfits 
And yeah, yeah. I get it. They're members of the band and you know, members of the band in 2017. But if we're really going to, if, if one side of the calendar says 40th anniversary of Love Gun, you know, it's classic era of the band, classic, you know, painting by Ken Kelly on the front. Oh, well, maybe it's like all pictures of still shots from the Love Gun tour on the back. No, it's pictures from the 40th anniversary tour in the monster outfits on the back <laughs> with the spider stage. And I think and I think somebody said, too, that, well, half these pictures were in last year's calendar. Can't we even get... It's typical kiss, typical kiss that not only, you know, we're just going to give Fiji the same shit again, <laughs> not even a different picture. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Hope you don't notice. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no one will notice. It's fine. Yeah, so. yeah it's, it's totally misleading by the front cover of that thing saying, you know, Love Gun 40th Anniversary Calendar. I'm expecting cool stuff in it from photo shoots back in 77 right. or something. And you, you look at those, what's going to be in it. It's like, oh, my God, what the heck? <laughs> and, you, and you would kind of, you know, because they're so big on, you know, having the current image and stuff. So it's like, why use an older image of the group, whether an album cover but then not even have any of the other stuff on the inside. Why well, have it on the front then? Yeah. You know, I'm just going to say this. I am not surprised at all. Kiss has <laughs> totally no, disappointed me. They've totally disappointed me the last couple of years when it comes to stuff like this. So what? Sh- why should it change now? You know? You know. Well, I, I'll say, yeah, I think there was the comment. Well, I guess um, another thing is, you know, Paul kind of said, kind of put rumors to bed with the whole is ace coming back thing right and i know like my comment was i was like i don't know what to believe i was like i've been hearing for like almost 10 years now that kissology is coming out and i've yet to see that come out so yeah you know yeah. you might as who knows what's gonna happen can't believe anything <laughs> you know with, with with the love gun album on the on a uh, love gun album cover on the front and then those same pictures on the back i feel like dr evil and saying like you know, you just don't get it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to get that calendar, I'll tell you that. You know, it's like, Gene and Paul, you just don't get it, do you? <laughs> they missed the boat. They missed, they missed again. it again. Another good opportunity there. I would say if they, if they do want to do the 40th anniversary next year for Love Gun, release the Love Gun Deluxe Edition on vinyl. That would be pretty sweet again. Oh, the one that's, yeah. Yeah, I've listened to that second CD maybe twice. Once. <laughs> I've listened to it a couple of times. They could have done better with that. They could have done better. Oh, yeah. Very disappointing. That's another episode. Very that, goes back, that goes back to the first episode. That's correct. Well, today is the 77th episode of the Kiss FAQ Podcast, if you can believe that or not. Um, we keep doing this every week. And... Uh, so we're going to talk about, we're going to continue the discussion that we did two weeks ago, um, which was, what would you do to change each Kiss album? Name one thing or name, you know, on some of these albums' cases, it might be name a few things you would do um, to change each Kiss record to make them better. And last week we went from the original, or two weeks ago we went from the original album up through Alive to... And this week, we're not going to do the solo albums because I think we can do a whole show just saying what you would do to, to change the solo albums because Lord knows you, you could do at least two of them. You could you could do a lot with two, with two yeah. of them. So maybe we can just do a show of what you do to change Gene and Peter's solo albums. 
Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to skip that, and we're just going to we're going to concentrate on Kiss proper, and we're going to start with with the Dynasty album. What would you do to change Dynasty? And this is really Kiss, you know, obviously um, stepping away from the formula for the first time and trying, you know, new genres. So. What would you do to change Dynasty? And Mark, I'm going to go with you because I'm. I I, don't, I want to hear your agenda right off the bat. Well, <laughs> as opposed to like last week, you'll be very surprised to hear that for Dynasty, I'm really satisfied actually with Dynasty in a lot of ways. I mean, I know I've mentioned this a lot of times before that Dynasty is like my number three, four favorite record that they've ever made, and. Um, I've always said before, and I know people who've heard me talk about this probably have heard this a thousand times, but I've always got a very New York vibe off this record. And I think whatever they did, which there's a lot of things that they did to make that happen, I, I like what they did here. I think in hindsight, I don't think they could have did any other record at this time. They were steering themselves towards trying to get themselves into a broader audience base. They wanted to pull in more of a younger crowd. So they were trying to follow trends. So I don't think any other record would have come out at this point. Would you know? And this would have been a, this to change this record would have been not only to convince Kiss, but you would have had to change their whole management group and and convince all those people as well that it was not a good idea. And I don't think at that point that would have happened. Now, as far as changing anything on the record itself, I think that frankly Vinny did a Vinny Poncia did a great job on this record. I think that it it has a really good punchy sound. I love the way that he used compression on this record. It's, uh, the drums sound really fantastic. I mean, that also goes to show that, you know, Anton's drumming was really good on this record too. You know, I'm sure now there's no surprise that's not Peter drumming on this record. But I I really I really <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really love this record. I mean, I think that it shows a lot of strength in there. I mean, surprisingly, Gene is very not represented well in this record. I think there's only like two songs that he does any sort of singing or anything on this record. Uh, X-ray eyes and charisma are the only two things that he does in this record. So the rest of it is pretty much Ace and Paul for the most part. There's one Peter song, which is surprising, but. That also goes to show you who came out the victors in the solo albums. I mean, the two guys who you know are, are the most represented in this album did the best with their records. So um, I really like this record. I wouldn't really change much of it. I like the sound of it. I actually like the songs that are on here. I mean, sure, I'm beaten over the head to death with, you know, I was made for loving you. I, if I don't hear that song again, I'll be happy. But, you know, it, it was a song, though, that broke them. It was a number one song in you know, everywhere around the world. And, you know, but that to me really is the only real disco song. That or maybe Dirty Living has a tinge of disco going on to it. But other than that, the rest of it is pretty much rock with a really kind of interesting New York sound to it that I really enjoy and I, I like. So for me, I don't have much to say in terms wow. of changing this. I would actually leave it. Wow. You'd change a lie, but you'd leave Dynasty. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what about you? Let's get yours left. You, didn't, you weren't on the episode we, we did the first uh, match. 
you know, somebody had a post on Kiss FK. I was just trying to find it. And they made mention of the cover. They were surprised the cover didn't have the costumes on it. Um, I thought they, they brought up a good point um, with that. You know, then again, I'm not too upset with the cover, except for I think we can look at it and go like, oh, Peter's green makeup is higher on one eye than the other. Um, but I, I do like, you know, I think we have, I think somebody mentioned like the outtakes um, from like when he did the, the poster for the, um, the Dynasty album. Um, with the straight jackets on, and that would have been kind of a cool cover, I think, if they didn't do one with the costumes. Because heaven knows, they might not have wanted to show off the costumes right away. Might, people might not have bought the album. But um, you know, I, I'm kind of like Mark. You know, I mean, all the songs are relatively good. Um, I mean, I prefer like the live version of "I Was Made for Loving You" compared to the to the studio one. Um, which live version? Which live? Oh, uh, not the alive, not the alive three version. Uh, no, um, I, I actually I always like the symphony version, but I think like live, um, I like the version they did in '80s with Bruce Kulick. Um, there's like the one at the Budokan show. I think it's like in '88 or '87, '88 yeah. Budokan. That version's a, a pretty good live version of of the song. But um, I would say, I guess the track I was never crazy for. Um, I've never liked X-ray eyes, but. Um, and I always thought Dirty Living. Once I heard the demo to Dirty Living, I kind of wish they kept it more rocking, rock uh, style like the demo compared to a little bit of the overproduction of the album. But you know, then again, you can see where things were at the time with music 1979 on Casablanca Records with you know all the other disco acts. Of course, disco was kind of dying out at that time. Sad day, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But we yeah. all shake our head at you. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, Dynasty is a good album. I would have, you know, I would have liked maybe another Gene song though. You know, even if you kept X Ray Eyes, you know, make it a ten track album, because it was kind of weird. He had like two songs from Gene, and he had more songs from Ace than um than Gene on there. I think the Paul songs are outstanding. Magic Touch is a is a good one. So I will say um. That's not a song, too. I think it was a little overproduced, just with, you know, again, the, the style that Video Ponzi was going with. And I know it would be interesting. That's an album which would be interesting to hear that. I'm, we'll get to it unmasked to hear what the album could have sounded like if it didn't have a lot of the overproduction to it. So, yeah, I'd say just the album cover, maybe with the straight jacket look, and maybe toss off X ray eyes or something else. Yeah. I think. X-Ray Izo is more of a, uh, and the reason why there's only two Gene songs and one on this X-Ray Eyes is representative of what Gene was doing at the time. I mean, his solo album, I, I think, fell short of the bar, and then what he brought in the Dynasty, you know, fell, fell short as well, except for Charisma. I think we all kind of enjoy, I think most, most Kiss fans enjoy Charisma, but I think what, and the reason why he only ends up with two songs on there is what he was bringing in just just wasn't up to up the up to par with with what ended up on the album so anyway that's another story too ken what about you what would you what would you change about well, dynasty? hypothetically i mean i do like this album i like dynasty a lot um but um i would have maybe gone with i know they tried to go with Vinny for Peter um, Vinny Poncia but I, I would have maybe picked someone else that was still radio friendly kind of producer 
And I thought maybe Roy Thomas Baker might might have been a, a decent producer for them uh, if they want to get on the radio too. I mean, he's producing the Cars and uh, among other Queen. bands. Uh, Queen, Queen, yeah, he did, uh, and he did. I think one. Did he do one Alice Cooper album too? I don't know if he did from the inside or not, but yeah. I thought he did. I thought he did from the inside. But anyway, uh, so I thought he might have been good. Um, then, uh, like Alex is saying, the cover, uh, I would have liked to have seen them in the straight jackets. And then, therefore, I would have liked to have the album titled Not Dynasty. I would have, this is the album I would have called Asylum and with the straight jackets on them. So that's that's where I would have went there. Um Otherwise, uh, maybe add another Peter song. Uh, there was a song he did was called uh, Rumble that he had. And uh, I think that would have been a little tougher song um, and maybe a better song. It might have been better in the Dirty Living. I don't know. I like Dirty to Live in anyway, but uh, that's about it. That's all I would really change. <laughs> maybe that's a lot. I don't know. But yeah. uh, it's hypothetical, and uh, that's where I would have went with the changes. I'm going to agree with you on the cover, and I'm going to echo with both what you guys said about the cover. That It's not a bad cover, but I think yeah. that Kiss is really known for their covers, especially by that point with how the solo albums presented themselves and how Love Gun and Rock and Roll Over and Destroyer all looked that you just had their four faces. And I think they could have done more with the covers. I really would have liked the straight jacket idea. I think that would have worked really well. Um, so that was that was my number one um, item for it, and then I wouldn't have chose "I Was Made for Loving You" as the lead single is my other big thing, and maybe it's because I'm tired of "I Was Made for Loving You," but I think that it gave a lot of Kiss fans, especially at the time when they were already being accused of catering to a younger audience and not the KISS fans that had been with them since 74, that they came out with a real poppy song as their lead single. I think it kind of rubbed the the longtime KISS fans the, the wrong way. Um, similar in the vein to how Destroyer rubbed KISS fans, the hardcore KISS fans, the wrong way. Again, you know, they come out with that and it's like, what are they doing now? So I think I would have chose a different lead single. And... I love Save Your Love on that album, but they're not going to release an Ace song as the lead song, as the lead single off their new album. Especially after they did the solo albums, they want to go back to the formula of a Paul song, you know, being being the lead single. So I would have chose something else as the lead single. Maybe maybe even Charisma as a as a lead singer and have it have it a have it a, have make it a Gene song. But I think, and not that I hate Alice Made for Loving You, but I think that with them coming back after the solo albums and then the lead single being I Was Made For Loving You, and I know it was a big hit for them. People are going to say, well, it was a big hit for them. Yeah, it was, but I think for the hardcore Kiss fans, it it kind of left them thinking, what's happened to my favorite band all of a sudden? Mm -hmm. So that's what I would do. Yeah. But but just one second, though, I just wanted to say something really quickly in regards to what you were saying, how you were saying that, you know, that song was a big hit for them. I was made for loving you, right? Right. Which was number 11 in the United States, number 6 in Austria, number 1 in Canada, number 2 in France, 
number two in Germany, number one in Netherlands, number 10 in Norway, number one in New Zealand, number 19 in Sweden, and number two in Switzerland. So yeah, it was pretty popular. So it did pretty well, obviously. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, yeah. It's... I mean, that's to, to say that it was a good that it did good for them was kind of putting it mildly, I would say, you know, you know because you know, in yeah. retrospect, that's that that is a lot of territories that it did really well in, right? Yeah, and there's another point to make too as a as a kind of side. If they would have released it second, maybe the albums would have. It, it all depends on what the first single would have done. Had yeah. they not done that, had they chose Magic Touch, maybe, or Charisma, how those one or two songs could have done. Uh, and then if it did halfway decent, and then then you throw out I Was Made For Loving You as a second single, uh, it could have sustained you know sales longer, maybe, and better. I don't know. You know, who <laughs> will never know. But that, it, I guess it's a gamble either way. Yeah, I guess so. I'm just not a big fan of it. So. <laughs> it's a hypothetical show, so I can have as crazy an opinion as I want. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, Unmasked. Unmasked. We said our grievances with Unmasked a few weeks ago when we talked about Unmasked on the anniversary of the show. Um, and I'll just say mine real quick. And, I, and mine was the cover. I hate the cover. I think it's maybe... I can't say it's the worst Kiss album cover because there are some bad ones out there. But I will say it is up there as one of the worst covers. And having on the cover a person saying that I think they stink, I think is one of the dumbest ideas you could ever come up with. Saying that, oh, here's my favorite band's new album, and it says they stink on it. What are you... It's just ridiculous. And I wouldn't... I would, Again, I would have gone away from Vinnie Poncia as the producer. I would have tried to go back to a harder roots at this point, especially when we've talked to this, about this before with what other bands were doing in 1980, like Judas Priest and Van Halen, that Judas Priest, Van Halen, ACDC, and we're putting out She's So European. So I would have, I would have changed the, I wouldn't have gone back to Vinny. And, and, you know, we've talked about this before too, that maybe there was a, a deal when Vinny came on as a producer of Dynasty that they were going to give him a two record deal to be the producer. I, re, I really don't know. So for me, it's the produ- it's the production, and it's the cover, and it's also some of the song selection. Like I said, she's so European and things like that. I said, if I if you would have had Eddie Kramer as a producer or just somebody else as a producer, I would have just told Gene no. And it goes back to what we were saying a little bit ago about what Gene was bringing to the table at the time. While he only has two songs on Dynasty, I said no. You need to go back to the drawing board and you need to try harder because this is. Mm-hmm. So those are my three things with Dynasty song selection. Even I, mean, I think it's the first time anybody said song selection for something they changed. <laughs> song selection, production, and cover. I'm, and I don't I don't know what I like about Unmasked if I'm saying all those three things. So. <laughs> Somebody else go. Uh, Ken, what about you? What would you do for Unmasked? Okay. Yes, like you said, we talked about this not long ago with in another episode. But uh, yes, change the cover. Um, I would have made it a gatefold cover. Um, and it's maybe a longer bad comic strip. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> well, maybe the, the poster image on the inside, right? Or you could have done the longer bad comic inside again. Uh, I also thought about, you know, I know you. I didn't like the. I I still think they stink. 
you know, comment on there. Maybe they could have put something, you know, those little dials you could have, and it's not like a wheel, and you could change the comment that that guy says, you know. It has, I still say, <laughs> you could change it to, you know, I, I still... I, I still think they rule. I still think whatever, you know, or something else. But uh, so anyway, you could do that. Um, otherwise, packaging is okay. You know, it's nice that they have the poster in there, uh, which is a very cool poster. As for production, yeah, it, it's the sound compressed. I don't know. It's just, you know, not the greatest. So I don't know if I said about changing the producer. Um, I think I would have went with... Uh, I wrote down I wrote down Ted Temple uh, Ted Templeman. <laughs> That's what I would have went with um, as trying to get them out of the dynasty mode and into a more you know harder rock mode of an, an album. Um, and then I would have replaced uh, "You're All That I Want" with something another song, maybe yeah, a Gene song. Gene song that's better <laughs> out that he might have had uh, laying around. So. Otherwise, you know, it's a good album. I mean, I I like it a lot, but uh, it's, those are just some things that I would have changed. Mm. Yep. Who's next? <laughs> I'd uh, I'd say like yeah, the same. You know, just uh, the the cover just doesn't make sense. You'd almost think like "Lick It Up" would have been called "Unmask," you know, was <laughs> was showing you know what they looked like without it, and just it just doesn't fit at all. I mean. You know, if anything, could have at least had like these, like a gatefold cover and had a cartoon drawing of them without the makeup on or something like that. Um, but yeah, I'd say just the cover, uh, just change it. I mean, I, and, and it's nothing against um, the guy who did it. Like the cover itself, like it's a cool, you know, the guy did a great job with it. It just didn't fit, I'd say, the period and stuff. Can you guys feel me? It's all quiet on my end. Yeah. No, okay. I hear you. Okay, good. It's just not quiet. And um, but and I'd say song selection. Um, you know, I like "Is That You," but like I had to go through on a on a program on my computer, and I edited out the little scream that Paul does at the beginning because I just find it to be super annoying. So I just cut it out. And so that's probably like the only major change I would have done. That and um, I'm not crazy for the whole um. Sirens sound at the beginning of Torpedo Girl, so I also edited that out of the version <laughs> I played. Cause I just think, I just think it's playing producer. Yeah, I only played producer with my my version on on my laptop. Um, well, cause I mean, I saw Ace. I saw I got to see Ace Freely live in 2008, and uh, he did a medley. And I remember all of a sudden he just heard like the drum thing and stuff, and then he had his bass player Anthony Esposito go in the Torpedo Girl, and it was like, no way, this is way cool. So I've always kind of liked that version without the the siren stuff, but um, and I do like you all that I want, um, but I like the demo version. I think it's from '77, though. I think that's is really when it came from um, that song. Um, so I'm kind of like with you, Ken. I probably would have dropped that and hopefully had a different song and. Um, even though it's a catchy, popular tune, um, easy as it seems, just kind of, just you know, it's not a Kiss song. I'm sorry, it's just it's. There's a lot of songs on there that are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. I mean, I guess technically Shandy's not a Kiss song, right? Because Paul was the only member on that song. So, um, but yeah, no, um, I think we've all touched on it production-wise. You know, it's another album. I said like with Dynasty, what would have been cool to. If they had like a, a rockier version of the album to 
kind of see what it would have been like without all the overproduction. Yeah. Mark, what about you? What would you do for fun now? Well, I'm not going to repeat a lot of the stuff that's already been said here just for the sake of keeping time flowing here. Um, Because we all know about the cover. We have all said that a thousand times already. But I'll tell you one thing. There's one thing that this album sorely, sorely needs, and we've already talked about this a bit too, is a better producer. Now, I've said before in the prior episode that we did with this that Kiss is a kind of band that needs to have a producer changed every album. They get too used to somebody and stagnation starts. And this is another great example of them getting the same guy back in. They're all comfortable now. I mean, at one point I read somewhere that Paul Stanley actually had Vinnie Poncia living in his apartment. They were all best buddies. So, of course, if you brought in a stinker, they'd be like, Paul, it's beautiful. No problem. We'll use it, you know? (laughs) So that's not good. You don't want that. You want to have a separation between producer and artist to some point so and i've been doing a lot of listening late lately to records from back in the late 70s and early 80s and one guy who i think would have been absolutely perfect that could have even took some of the crap that was on this record and turned it around and made it good well you can't do anything good with she's so european but beside that song um, i would say that for sure the guy to bring aboard would have been and you might be surprised robert john mutlang at that point in his career, at that point of his career, he was really early, young. He yeah. had he hadn't had he hadn't been plagued by the Def Leppard way of thinking at that point already. At that time, he did some records by like a band called City Boy, I think, and stuff like that. And it's a lot more, it's it's rock. He he did a lot of rock stuff. I mean, even listen to like High and Dry by Def Leppard. I mean, that's such a rock and record. And he knows how to make records that really rock. And he's really good at production, no matter what anyone says. He makes records that radio loves and that sound good on radio. And that's what they needed to take this pilot garbage and turn into something that people would actually <laughs> like better. I mean, come on, Shandy, I think that should have been just tossed right off this record, number one. And I think another one, I don't like what makes the world go round. I mean, that should have been taken off as well and put in the garbage mm. bin as well. Now, the rest of the songs, he could have. I think he could have did his magic and really did something with it. I mean, he has a good grasp of making big, powerful sounding drums, which is something that's really lacking in this record. And the guitars, are nowhere near in your face. They're somewhere down the hallway hiding somewhere, these amps, okay? So he, he knows how to bring these things out forward, and, you know, and he knows how to place vocals really good in a mix. And, I mean, this is all the things that this stuff needed. I mean, it's just, it just sounds like real... 80s bubblegum, this stuff that's on this record. I mean, I mean, sounds like I, a load of crap. Come on, call it like yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a Mark. load of garbage, you know. <laughs> and I mean, I like I said, it's, this record's grown on me over the years. You know, I have bought it a couple more times on different variations on vinyl, but I can just imagine what this would have sounded like if somebody like Mutt Lang took it, was behind the board. And, you know, put his foot down like he did with some of these other bands that he worked with and said, listen, guys, this is not too good. Let's work on this and let's make it better. And could you imagine a better sounding Unmasked? Could have been a pretty good record. Thanks for your a brief response. <laughs> I'm going to keep this brief. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah. I'm going to tell no, you right. in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, I understand where you're going with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. It's funny. I get it. I get it. Unmask gets me fired up, though, too, sometimes. <laughs> so that's fine. That's right. Mark, have you found out what makes the world go around, though? 
Uh, no, but I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish that the boss was here so we could talk about what we would change about music from the Elder, but maybe he strategically removed himself out, from this yeah. episode so he wouldn't have to talk about what he would change to music from the other. Um, but music from the other, what would, what would you guys do? It's obviously, we're really going in some different directions now, but music from the other, concept album, obviously, it's, you know, I, it'd be, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. So Ken, why don't you go first this time? Well, I, I really like the other a lot because maybe I like it a lot because it's different, so different than everything else they've done. And it's kind of, when I first listened to it, I thought, wow, you know, this is this is different. You know, it doesn't sound like Kiss, a normal Kiss album or anything that came before it. But, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, you know, the story and what they were trying to do and the, and the, the tunes. I enjoyed the, the songs. Uh, so from from there, I mean, I don't have that much to change except the uh, the album cover. It's got to have an image of Kiss somewhere. You got to have it. Either if it's not on the cover, and why I said before in another episode, yeah, have that one like the Japanese uh, overlay that they had on the Elder, something like that. They could have had that picture. I thought, well, maybe they have a pop open. Where the knocker is, you open it, and there's an image of Kiss. Kind of like Billion Dollar Babies or something. Yes. Yeah. Or from the inside, you know, they had all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. It's from like the inside. Like Cooper, inside. right? Yeah. So that's something I would have definitely. You got to have a picture of them somewhere, or put it in a poster. They they didn't include a poster in this one. This is like you know they had two albums in a row with a poster, and then this one had nothing extra. Right? The goodies were gone. They stopped doing the goodies. Yeah, money, I guess, is the reason. But I would have loved to have seen a poster like that uh, Japanese cover, that photo. So that would have been the only thing I changed there. Otherwise, what else? Um, no, I would have made it a double album, as originally intended. They wanted to make this a double album originally. And More stuff? It didn't happen. More. I want more. I want, more they could probably Man. tell the story better. I'm figuring they could have told the story better had they had a double LP. Um, and you could have fit a lot of the stuff that was dropped. They had to cut out. Or, you know, it's, it's the same thing. They, they put the original pressing had the songs in an order that was not the original intended order. Um, that they meant to have, you know, Bob Resden wanted. Um, they changed it and put the oath on first because, oh crap, Kiss has like gone way off somewhere. This is our hardest rocking song on the album. Let's put this on first, and that screws up the story right there. I, um, I believe that actually the executives' exact words were when they listened to the the first time was, "Where are the guitars?" Sorry to interrupt, Ken. Go back to what you're saying. No, I, I I'm sure that was right. So. Uh, yeah, so they put they changed the song lineup to try to make it, you know, like oh crap, these fans are gonna bail for sure now. <laughs> well, yeah, it's exactly so, why the oath is a lead but, song. Yes, but I I enjoyed it, you know, I enjoyed it. Not much changes for me. Uh, I still, I can't wait for Julian's book. I can't wait, Julian. So, yeah, cross yeah, your fingers. Um, Mark, let's go back to you. Let's okay. Let's, well, let's hear about the album. 
The Elder is another one of those records where when I first heard it, I thought it was just like I wanted to put my fingers down my throat and run to the bathroom and puke. But, you know, now when I listen to it now, I kind of... Do you like Kiss? Why are you on this show? I, I love Kiss. <laughs> I'm just I love trouble. Kiss. But I, I'm saying, I, but, I, but you know what? To, to, I, I always felt that if, to, if you're a real Kiss fan, you got to take the good with the bad, and you got to be honest with it. The only way a band gets better is if they hear what people dislike as well as what they like. Kiss is, Kiss is being surrounded by yes people. That's the problem half the time. There you go. Now, that. I'll tell you the one problem with this record, honestly, is that it was done at the wrong time because Bob Ezrin at this point was a complete nut job at this point. Okay. I mean, the guy, the guy's mixing board is probably covered in cocaine at this point, you know, and he openly admitted that he was probably not in his best physical place at this point. And don't forget too, 79, 80, he just finished doing the wall, which is one of the biggest Pink Floyd records ever. So what, you know, think about it. Kiss goes in to do a record they get Bob Ezrin to do it, so they're thinking, "Hey, this guy just made a huge concept record. Maybe if we make a concept record, I mean, this is this is a guy who knows how to make concept records. I mean, this thing sold like what, like 20 million copies or something insane, right? So that's what Kiss wanted. They wanted to get back into the mainstream, and you know, Gene's excuse always was that we wanted to make a record that you know that the, that our you know critics would respect us as musicians for, you know, kind of thing, which I thought was a load of hooey. They just wanted to do it because they thought that. You know, it would sell more records, and because Ezrin was the guy who could do that. Now, of course, everything went completely off the rails because Kiss is not the kind of band to make a concept record. I don't think they have musically the skills to do it, but I mean, that doesn't mean to say that they couldn't have made a great record. Because what I'm getting uh, kind of anxious about here is that I heard some of those songs that they were working on prior when they were working at Asa Studio. And that, that whole record that they probably that they said they were gonna ditch, and then they made the elder after that. And I mean, a lot yeah. of those songs were really good. If they would have took those songs and made that into an album, I thought it would have probably put them back on course, and it would have been a pretty good record. Maybe not like a blockbuster seller, but people would have loved it, and it would have guided them back on track, and it would have went back to normal, I think. But no, they went ahead and got Ezrin. You know, he comes along and comes up with these crazy cocaine-filled ideas, and they go ahead and make this record that's, you know, it just doesn't sound like a Kiss record. I mean, come on. When you start hearing fanfare at the beginning, you're like, uh-oh, you have to go back and look at the cover. Did I get the right record here? Like, what the hell's going on here, you know? But, yeah. Yeah, but, it, you know, I mean, that's that's just what I would – that's just my whole point of this. I, I think – if they just would have went back with the more rock and material, they could have even kept Ezra, honestly, even as how he was. He knows still, even in that state, how to make good records. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. And he could have made them a really good rock record. But I think that once they all kind of bought into the whole, you know, let's make a really grandiose story. You can turn into a movie and this and that. And then everything started flying off the rails with ideas that just went overboard and, before they knew it, they were three quarters of the way done a record, and it's too late to, you know, stop now. They have to go through with it, and we have what we have, right? Wow. Yeah. A lot of hooey. So do you like? So do you like the other <laughs> language? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I do like it. I, I mean, now I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it as much now, like I said. But I mean, it's it's also one of those records that has to grow, has to grow on you. And yeah. you know, when you're in a, when you're like 18 or 19 years old, and you're used to like you, you know hear. stuff like Love Gun. You don't want to hear stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Alex, what about you? What would you do to change music from the Elder? I love the Elder. Contrary to Julian Lemming. That mark. No, I, I um. I remember picking up the elder when I was in eighth grade. That was like 13 years ago. That, that's half my life ago. Whoa. No, my God. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember uh, hearing Odyssey, though. And I guess because, you know, growing up in my home with, um, and, and honestly being like, you know, with a good LDS kid hearing the Motab and symphonies and stuff. So I remember hearing Odyssey, though, for the first time, because that's really like, the third track. And I remember thinking, like, how kind of, like, majestic it was. And so I was super excited. Um, and I'm taking a, a humanities class um, up here on campus. We've been going through the Renaissance period, and so it's been interesting. Uh, mentioning like the fanfare and kind of just the boy with almost that kind of like Baroque style mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. instrumentation and so forth, and uh, even a little bit before that um, with like a lute and stuff like that. You know, they had some of the weirdest instruments going on. But I'd say if I guess if I was to change anything with the elder, it really just would have been packaging. I mean, I would have liked it longer, even with the dialogue, but if anything, I would have liked the packaging to at least have had the story of what the flip was going, was going on with it. It's your language. <laughs> Sorry guys. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it would have been cool if anything, if there was at least on the lyric sheet, like, you know, here's the paragraph, now listen to, you know, Just the Boy, and then after you listen to Just the Boy, you even have just the dialogue, or the next part of what was taking place, and, you know, the uh-huh. young boy went on his journey, and so forth, and now thus begin the Odyssey, you know, play track yeah. three. Let me that would interject have been, real quick, yeah. uh, as you say, you just maybe, I don't want to lose it. Uh, it's similar to what maybe like Rush did on 2112. Yeah. Uh, they did some ideas. If they Kiss would have done something like that, it uh, would have been great. They put, yeah, like a little little small bit of the story at the top on top of the lyric to explain each song. Exactly. I think that's a great idea. So it's a good idea, Alex. Um, Mark likes the idea about Rush. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I guess, you know, for me, I would have, even even now, you know, even though, okay, they didn't do the Elder movie and stuff, when they mm-hmm. repackaged the Elder for the remasters, because, you know, like uh, Ken mentioned, the American edition, I think Canadian edition might have been the same, too. You know, they kind of redid the, the, se- the track sequence, so... When they put everything together, but that's they just kind of packed like you know here's the story, here's what was supposed to take place, and then, um, but I agree at least you know if I could have a double LP just to have had that dialogue in there, uh, just put back in just yeah. to hear what it is. And like you mentioned, even a picture of the band because even just opening up the gatefold or if you had the CD, the little booklet, you know when the Earth was young, they were already old. You know that's not enough to <laughs> to get you going and stuff. I mean, gosh, better than get you there. Yeah, no, no, you get you get more information. You know, I feel like you're playing like the Legend of Zelda without an instruction booklet and stuff going on there. You know, I feel like it's a soundtrack to it. Um, so I'd say that you know, at least packaging and you know, like you mentioned, just there was no poster. You know, you went from Dynasty and Unmasked to solo albums, all the with all this extra stuff, and then you get. I can only imagine what it was like. You know, for those who bought the album and. But Paul, like, you know, what the heck is this? Sorry for the language, Lonnie. 
No, no, no. You're going to do a lot of editing. <laughs> Put beeps in there anyway, to make it sound like... <laughs> Julian already admitted he doesn't listen to the show if he's not on it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, I'd say that's probably what have been uh, would have been about it. It's just, you know, the dialogue and... Um, I mean, I guess you said everybody sings some of the other songs. You know, the, uh, if you guys haven't, you know, YouTube some of the outtakes and stuff that do exist from it and check it out. And you know, it seemed like they'd had some some decent material they could have added along with the album. But. Yeah, I mean, looking at this, I kind of took the older to be what it is. You know that that it is the concept album, and I'm not gonna say that. I want to change everything. I don't want it to be a concept album. You know, the Elder is the Elder. So what would I do to change the Elder? Um, I'm with you guys. I'd have a picture of the band on there. It was Eric Carr's first album with the band. Yeah. Why not show him off a little bit? Um, they hadn't played but the one show in America with Eric Carr. You know, show Eric Carr off a little bit. You know, he was on there on there on the cover of People magazine with Eric Carr. You know, and there are other publications, but I would have I would have had a cool image of the band with Eric on there, and <laughs> yeah, maybe you know, say what you want about those. Maybe it's because of the uh, the elder outfits that they decided not to put an image of the band on there. But you know, maybe have more of a dynasty like cover where you're you're seeing more of the faces and you are the the uh, the outfits that the band's wearing, but. That's that's a big thing I would have changed, and you know those. If you buy the Elder now, it has the track listing the way that Kiss had originally intended it. Mm-hmm. But when you bought it when it came out, and even if you bought it up until '97 with the remasters, it always had the Oath as the lead track on there. Yeah. yeah. Then- so I think I would have. And I understand, and, and we, we mentioned already why they did that. It's because the record executives listening to this, and they're like, holy crap, what the, is this? We cannot open up the album with fanfare. Right. You know, I, but I, I think I would have left it with fanfare opening, because it does tell the story better with the songs in the sequential order. And yeah. But it's a time of LPs and not CDs or even MP3s as it is now. You know, and lead track on an album was was very important at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's also and, interesting to make note, though, that that Julian mentioned that this that that order that came out after with the fanfare that's not even the proper one that's supposed to be either. That there's supposed to be supposedly a one that we haven't seen yet. That's supposed to be the actual real track listing. again. So, the book. Well, yeah. And, right. and I'll, I'll throw real quick, you know, speaking of, like, having a photo, what, uh, and this is a music video, but what if they'd even use, like, that image as the gatefold for the music video? Sure, that'd be cool. like, the wording yeah. on top of there, you know, so you at least had an image of the band, yeah. and it's yeah. nothing crazy, but... Yeah, it, it's it's crazy that there's not even an image of the band at all, anywhere, you know, front, back, yeah. anywhere, so. So, I mean, being okay. such Being such an image-conscious band... That yeah. There's no image of, of what they look like at all, especially with Eric Carr's first album. So. Um, let's move on to Creatures, and I think this creatures. is probably going to be an easier one. Um, mm-hmm. Unless unless Mark yeah. has a few things he'd like to change about Creatures. He had a lot of things he wanted to change about Alive. So. I want to keep uh, it short, but first of all, let me go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go first on Creatures. Uh, 
I hold creatures up there with Destroyer and Revenge in my book, and there's not a lot I would change about Creatures of the Night. I think the sound sound wise on a studio record is right up there with Rock and Roll Over the and Revenge, the way Kiss is supposed to sound on on a studio record. Um, God, it, that's that is it is a tough record to say I would change this, I would change that. You know, I get why. I guess if there's one thing I don't like about there's there's one thing I don't like about it, and there's one song I skip almost every time I listen to Creatures of the Night. It's I still love you. I have a I like the version on MTV Unplugged, but I I really I really skip over it. It's long. It's too it's too long. The studio version is, in my opinion, and I get why it's on there. It's a ballad and and whatnot, but I I skip. I would either shorten that song or leave it off for for something else. As I still, I, I I don't really just care for it. I mean, you guys might have a different opinion, but I I don't care for it at all. It's the only song I would change. It's about the only thing I would do to change Creatures of the Night. So, Ken, what about you? Yeah, I don't have a lot to change on this. Uh, it's such a great album. Um, Produce the production of it is fantastic. Um, the only thing I maybe I'd change is, you know, I would have added one more song. Either, again, it's my life. I would have loved to have on there, or not for the innocent, the original version where Gene and Paul are trading off vocals. Uh, I would have loved either of those two songs added on there. Um, especially, I mean, it's my life. They could have put down there. I that would have been the lead-off single instead of uh, I love it loud, in my opinion. Um, otherwise, uh, maybe. They could have put Vinny's image on the cover of the album uh, instead, of like you see on the bootlegs out there. Because um, well, really it's, it's really misleading. Track. It's really misleading. But <laughs> I know they did that for their record company. They had to make it look like Ace was still in the band, or else they they weren't going to get you know their contract was going to be null and void or something like that. So I understand that, but it would have been nice to at least you know put. I don't know. Even even put the lead guitar, who wrote lead guitar on, played lead guitar on different songs uh, in the in the credits. Uh, but otherwise, uh, it's it's a great album. You, you got to remember though that that's the era though where ghosting was very popular, where lots of bands were doing this ghost session stuff, and nobody was crediting people at that time for those kind yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah, going back to even Antown Fig on the other prior albums, even so, uh, yeah, it's it's a great album. I, I can't really say anything bad about it at all. There's nothing bad about it. No, it's a it's a hard album. It's where Ken and I are kind of on the same page. It's kind of like where we were with with Destroyer and Alive, and then it's like I don't have a whole lot of yeah. bad things to <laughs> yeah. say about it. I'm with you though on It's My Life. I didn't think about that. That I I I take off. I I still love you for It's My Life. That's what replace it with that. Yeah, exactly. Alex, what about you? I'm going to save Mark for last. Let's see. I think <laughs> I would switch the track order of Satan and Sinner to War Machine, uh, put Bruce Kulik on the cover, tone down the drums on them. I'm just kidding. That's the 85 edition, and that one sucked. Um, <laughs> You'd put someone else's ass on the back cover instead. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I, uh, like you guys, it's just such a great album. Um, there is one song I don't love. And I don't, I, I don't love, I love it loud. 
I think it's a horrendous song, and if I could take a track and, and toss it, I would toss that song in the gutter and never hear it again. Is it I'm because like, you're burnt out on it, or is it because you just don't like it and never liked it, though? I just never liked it. It was always slow. It just kind of always dragged. I mean, I, I will say they, I think the, there was a live version I heard once, um, and it was all right. It was it sped up, but I really have never really cared for the song that much. I'd rather, it's my life. In fact, I've, I've made a mix one time where I, took the it's my life version um off the box set and put it in between where i love it loud would go and i thought it had a had a good feel to it and stuff so i would have done that um like you um i i don't mind the song i still love you i'm like i think well like i think really 99 percent of kiss fans i could be wrong so but i think everybody's like you you know the mtv unplugged is probably the definitive version of that song um, whereas the studio version just kind of drags and drags just a little bit. Um, but production-wise, they, they did a great job. And like Ken, you know, it would have been nice to have seen Vinny on the cover. I wish Vinny hadn't shot himself in the foot so many times because it would have been cool maybe when he did the remasters to have put, like, Vinny on the cover at that point in time and then in the inside book would have the original cover just... Um, you know, I just think it would look cool. Lonnie's shaking his head no, but that's okay, Lonnie. This is this is what I would do, not what Lonnie that's right. would do. Right, it's an opinionated, hypothetical <laughs> show. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, like you guys, they did a great job production wise. Um, it's how a Kiss album should sound. I mean, when you hear the intro to Creatures of the Night with Eric Carnes, you know, thunderous drums. Mm-hmm. It's you know, like, it should have been the album after on Mask too. So, like I said, I just really got rid of I Love It Loud. Um and anything it's my life and you know there is the rumor that there might have been a version recorded of back on the streets with paul um if there was that would have been maybe cool to have on there instead of i still love you but who knows who knows who knows who knows <laughs> how you wrap it up <laughs> mark <laughs> okay well got? i'm gonna say this as far as records go, this is one of my favorites. So this one gets a big thumbs up for me. Um, and uh, there's a couple of things I got to point out on this. Number one, I know that uh, you guys were saying about, you know, changing songs and this and that. I think that this has the perfect length of a record. I mean, it's 38 minutes, 39 minutes long. That's that's a good length for a record, especially for a Kiss record. It's one of those lengths where you're getting into it and you want more and they leave you wanting more. I've always found that's the one thing with this record. I always found out when it got to war machine, it's like, Oh, we're already here already. Like I could, I could hear like more music from this record, but they didn't do it. And that's smart because it makes you keep wanting to go back to this record. I listen to this record a lot. I find mainly because of that. And this record also shows to me that the band actually cared more about the direction of their sound. I mean, there's many stories of Gene, and Michael James Jackson scouting studios trying to find a good drum room for this record. And I mean, the drum room was critical to this because I mean, listen to the sound of those drums on this. That's what makes this record. And I mean, songs like I Love It Loud and I Still Love You benefit from a big, huge drum sound like this because remember, this is one thing we were always taught in production school is a slower song benefits more for more production than a fast song. You can do more with a slower song because you can. there's more space available with a slower tempo. So that's why when you start hearing like the doom, doom, and like I Love It Loud, you can really hear those reverbs and stuff like that on there, which you wouldn't hear if it's a big 
blisteringly loud, fast song, right? It doesn't accent it as much, those kind of things that they do. And another thing that needs to be pointed out is there was a change of producer. Michael James Jackson came in. He did a great job with this. He turned these songs into gems, in my opinion. I mean, the guitar tone on this record is, like, unbelievable. And another thing that has to be pointed out, in my opinion, is the man who mixed this record, Bob Claremountain, one of the most legendary mix producers who worked on power, the power station in New York City for a long time. I mean, this guy is... Everything, in my opinion, that he mixes turns into gold. And I mean, he has so many great production tricks, whether it was piping the sound of the of the whole mix into like a nice huge bathroom and remiking the sound in there to get a big huge cavernous sort of sound it just all these little tricks added to making this record sound fantastic so as far as changing anything in this record i don't think i would change a single thing i love everything on this record i wouldn't change any songs on it i wouldn't change any production on it I wouldn't change really anything. I wouldn't change the fact that they had guest people doing guitar solos on it. I wouldn't change the fact that Gene only played two bass guitars on the whole record on this thing, pretty much. I mean, I wouldn't change anything, really. I mean, whatever they did to make this record, it, in my opinion, it worked. And let's just leave it at that. And that's what I'm going to say about this record. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. I think, yeah, I... Creatures is one of those albums I think that it's it's hard for us to to critique yeah, because it's, it's, it's held scary. in such high esteem mm-hmm. amongst all Kiss fans. So that being said, let's move into Lick It Up. Um, same producer on this one, so Mark might have a problem with it. But <laughs> Alex, let's hear what you have to say about Lick It Up first. Um, I'm I'm a fan of Lick It Up. I think it's a great album. Um, the only song I wasn't too crazy for was Gimme More. Not too not too keen on that. Um You know like the love is sweet so insane. Come on, look my candy cane line in there. It's yeah, no. Freaking <laughs> awful. Not doing it not doing it for me. Um doesn't get you there either, huh? No, no. And um you know, I love when they did Young and Wasted with Eric Carr. I'm kinda of disappointed he didn't get to kinda of do this studio version of it. Um, after he did it live, you know, obviously he did it live on the Animal Life tour, which is later, so they might not have known what he would have sounded like doing it, uh, you know, doing the lead vocal. But uh, definitely, I, I feel like it was a bit of a missed opportunity uh, there on that one. Um, I, I think they had some good tracks on it. I think Gene, you know, was pretty good. Not for the innocent. Um, I love the version that circulates with Paul and Gene doing the trade-off vocals, and I, I wish that version would have made the album um, on that on, on that version. And, um, you know, I, I think Gene, for his non-makeup era, this is probably one of the albums where he had quality writing, at least from Gene, until you get to Revenge. And I'll give you that with Lonnie, because I know Lonnie's a huge Revenge lover, even though I think it's a little overrated. Um you really don't get that. You really don't get that quality writing from Gene, really, and uh, after look it up until you get to to Revenge. Um, the cover, I mean, you know, there's the whole thing now. If Vinny was a mannequin or whatnot, or I mean, right. you can't. I guess you can't see how bad Gene's Photoshop, but his hand being like way up to there, but his like wrist is way down there. Um, 
<laughs> I think the cover was kind of a classy cover just to, to do the unmask, you know, or taking off the makeup and stuff. I, you know, I thought it, it was kind of a cool contrast from the first album cover being black with the makeup. And this one is, you know, a white background without the makeup. So, um, I guess I don't want to change much, you know, just drop, give me more and have the different version of uh, Not for the Innocent with Paul and Gene doing the trade-off vocals. Yeah, the get-ups, the get-ups high up there with mm-hmm. an esteem as far as albums go, too. So, Mark, what about you? What would you do for <laughs> Well, Lick It Up is a... I don't mind it. It's not a bad record, but I think it's a step backwards from Creatures of the Night, to be quite honest with you. Number one, one of the things I think I would have did differently on this was, again, I would have probably changed producers on this record now somebody who i think that would have worked out on this record really well actually is max norman now he did at that point he already did like a blizzard of oz and diary of a madman for ozzy and stuff like that and you know he he'll later on he'll go on to do a bunch of really great records for lots of other people you know and he has a good grasp of hard rock borderline metal stuff even heavy metal in general stuff and i think at this point kiss was trying to steer the boat in that direction so i think what uh what what actually needs to uh what needed to be done here was to kind of take creatures and bring it to the next level which i don't think they did if that's one thing that i would have changed it's that right look at that picture that's awful Oh my god. They're wearing more makeup there than they were and on they did, uh, with the night. <laughs> yeah. And I mean the, the one thing though that I, that really bothered me about Lick It Up, and I I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, is that when I look at this cover here, which is the actual normal album cover, mm-hmm. if yeah. I was the guy who was directing the photo of this, I would have walked up to Vinny and smacked him upside the head for wearing that purple stupid jacket that he's wearing there. I mean, look at it. Every single person in that per, in that picture are wearing black except him. He sticks That's out like a guitar. sore thumb. Okay. But he's not they, wearing it. It's the mannequin. He, it's a mannequin. That's okay. <laughs> so the, I would have smacked the mannequin then. There you go. And there you go. And then I would have just got rid of that stupid vest, put him in a nice leather jacket, and then you would have had a nice harmony. It would have looked More like a band. White. It, it would look it would look more unified instead of having just you know three guys who look cool and then one kind of dork there with a purple or pink thing on him you know come Dorks on right? nice too <laughs> yeah exactly now one thing that I'm gonna say that I was really actually surprised about in terms of this uh, record is you know the other, this Friday that just passed on the Kiss Room I don't know if you guys listened to the Kiss Room at all but mm-hmm. in the beginning of the show they played the actual demo that Vinnie Vincent had of Lick It Up that he presented to Paul Stanley when they were writing Lick It Up. Now, if you were to listen to that version of it, I'm sorry, Paul, but why you have any credit on this song is beyond me. Like, Vinnie sang it, he did everything on there, and everything on that version is exactly present on the final version of Lick It Up. I don't know what Paul needs any credit for on there, besides the fact that he sung the final version, but that does not give somebody a songwriting credit, I'm sorry. And he doesn't deserve any songwriting credit in that song, because that is a total Vinnie Vincent song. It really really makes you wonder how much... Vinny 
should be the only songwriter on a lot of those songs. Yeah, exa- exactly. Then, That's what it made me think. I'm thinking to myself, yeah. you know, really? I mean, if we were to get the demos for all the songs that he was involved in, would we really be... I wouldn't be surprised at this point if most of them sounded how they did in the end, and they just said, yeah, this is great, Vinny, we're going to do it, and that's it. But, you know, that goes back to, again, him being a good writer. He might not be a good person, but he's a good songwriter, okay? So, and that's why they wanted him, and that's why they used him again later in Revenge, right? So, uh, like I said, Lick It Up, I think, should have been a step forward sonically from from Creatures. I don't know how they could have did that, but I think another producer like a Max Norman could have did it, bring back Bob Claremont and the Mix It Again, you know, but, you know, they were, the sounds were getting bigger then, you know, like the whole sound of heavy metal and stuff is getting so large and stuff like that. They needed to do that. And I think that's one thing where they kind of dropped back a bit with this record. They should have made everything, you know, big, stand out more, a little bit more guitar crunch, a little bit more in your face. I mean, I love Lick It Up. I think it's a great record. The songs on as they are, are good. It's just... I think the production is what's making it not as fantastic a record as it could be. Yeah, I can I can see that. I can I'm not gonna criticize. We have to say about look it up being. I'm not gonna okay. criticize your thoughts. What a gentleman I am. But um, look it up to me, and I understand why they went with Michael James Jackson again because they were really happy with the way he's back. They were really happy with the way Creature sounded. So I think they wanted to continue down that road. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I know. I definitely understand that. Um, song for, you know, Paul always says that, that he feels like Creatures is a superior album to look it up and that people, you know, listen with their with their eyes more than anything, and that's why I look it up soul better than Creatures of the Night. Um, and, and I agree with Paul. Um, I like Creatures better than I like look it up. I like Creatures substantially better than I like look it up. I don't dislike Look it up, but to me, creatures is I, I hold that in much higher esteem than I do than I do look it up. Um, I love the opening track. You know, I don't, Exciter is a great way to, to kick it off. I mean, it really just like, kicking the balls to start start off the album and kind of really get you into it. So um, that being said, I don't have a whole lot to say about about the album's not bad. I mean, it's it's good songwriting. You know. Like Mark said, Vinny might not be the, the greatest guy in the world or the best bandmate in the world, but you can't take away the fact that he's an excellent songwriter, and it shows through immensely on this album. And he probably doesn't get it... And honestly, he probably doesn't get enough credit on this album for what he did. So, mm-hmm. yeah. to me, there's not a whole lot I would change. I, I agree with Mark. That would have, I don't think I would have had Vinny in a, in a purple vest on the cover of the album. It kind of really just showcases his personality and how out there he was and and still is today so well put um not a whole lot i would change i would i would change what Vinny is is wearing as superficial as that sounds but i would i would echo your sentiment that i would change what what he is is wearing on the album cover or or what they dressed the mannequin in to be Vinny on the album (laughs) whoever you choose to believe so ken what about you what would you do to change lick it up well like prior albums where you had sister albums you know rock and roll over love gun and then you have uh dynasty and masters kind of sister albums there um yeah the, this is a sister album too to creatures though creatures uh i think is better was better produced like mark said a little bit better produced than 
uh, look up. Though, in my opinion, look it up is more in your face than Creatures of the Night. This how I hear it and how it I listen to songs. It it to me it seems more raw um, than Creatures. Uh, I think just Creatures is better, just a better produced the way they uh, separated the instruments and so on. Um, but yeah. This one was like a Vinnie Vincent album with Kiss backing him, um, really. It must have been something like that, because I think he wrote most of the material. Uh, the songs are are maybe not quite as up to snuff as Creatures Water, uh, quality of songs, but uh, it's pretty close. It's pretty darn close. Most of them are, are pretty darn good. There's a couple of, you know, ones that I could have you know, the give me more or whatever um, maybe the last you know Gene song was a little lacking but uh, it's still a darn good album it's one of my favorite albums I still go back and listen to it a lot too so as for the cover I think it's great um, again yeah like we talked before this album should have been titled unmasked that's why if they would have titled the the Unmasked album Asylum, then they could have named this Look It Up album Unmasked, which would yeah. have made more sense. It would have been perfect, the perfect title <laughs> for this album, but uh, whatever, you know. So they, I guess they never thought they were going to unmask anyway ever uh, in the future. So uh, otherwise, there's nothing else. I mean, great, great album, great I still say it's pretty darn, it's pretty darn good production, you know. But uh, um, the packaging, you know, I'm glad they had lyrics in it and that sort of thing. Again, no poster or anything, but they're, you know, the money is not there still, uh, not yet at least. So it's a great album. Yeah, um, Creatures and Look It Up, like you said, they're kind of sister albums. I don't think, you know, I. I I hold them in high esteem, so I don't have a whole lot of bad things to say about them because they're really kind of mirror images of each other in a lot of ways. So yeah. let's move on to an album that we can criticize, and that is yeah. Animalize. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you do to change Animalize? Mm-hmm. Mark. Okay, <clears throat> well... <laughs> <laughs> this, this frankly, is where the wheels start coming off the bus, in my opinion, okay? Oh, naughty. Because, number one, the first mistake that happened in this is when I looked at the back and it said, produced by Paul Stanley, it's like, uh-oh, what's going on here? Why would he be producing this now? Okay, and, I mean, executive producer Gene Simmons, I mean, if anybody who doesn't understand what executive producer is, executive producer is just basically a guy that's a producer on a telephone. He's never really there, per se. Yeah. He's the guy you just get on the phone and say, yeah, we need a, we need some more cash because we need to buy some more tape. It's like, okay, I'll take care of it. And that's executive producer. <laughs> he doesn't do really jack squat, okay? So that, and that perfectly explains Gene Simmons for this record. So um, the songs... I think that they got extremely lucky with Heavens on Fire being as big as a, a hit a song as it was because really the rest of the record is seriously lacking in material, in my opinion. And Mark Norton, Mark St. John there, um, he's 
he's he's capable. I like some of his playing, but really the angry being a jar thing, I can see it and I can hear it, like what they're talking about with that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was the that was the whole time period. Don't forget of the whole you know virtuoso guitar player Ingve Malmsteen was coming out at this point and stuff like that. Van Halen, you know, and that was very high on people's important list at that point. Mm-hmm. So. You know, they needed one in person like that. The one thing that, that, you know, that I would change, and this has very little to do with the with the making of the record as far as, you know, studio stuff or stuff like that, is I think Kiss should have took a bit of time off at this point, seriously sat down and tried to find a permanent person to fill in the guitar player spot. Because at this point, they were doing such a revolving door of guitar players, it was starting to become almost a joke amongst the music industry. They should have sat down, give themselves a bit of time, really sit down with somebody, write some songs, get to know them a bit better, and really see if this person would gel with them. Go out, do a couple of shows somewhere at a club with these, with this guy, you know, see how it goes, and then, you know, let's go and make a record then. Because they keep doing the same mistake, it seemed. They, they would bring somebody else in, they would go and do the record, the record would come out, it would do okay. And then a few months later, Paul and Gene would be saying, oh, he wasn't really the right guy, but, you know, we were we were kind of pushed against the wall and we needed somebody. You know, it's like, come on, guys. You know, they should have just, that's the one biggest change I would have suggested is that to really sit down and find somebody that you could have just stuck with for the next couple of years. And they did that with the next record with Bruce, right? He fit in perfectly and he stayed and it was the right connection. But for Animalize, there's really not that much great stuff going here. Production on here, I don't like. The drum sound of this is really, really dated. They did that really bad gated snare drum sound that I hate on this record. There's a lot of bad, you know, plate reverb sounds on here. And it's just the guitar tones are not even that full. They sound very thin, very razor blady. It's just really ugh. like it is. It's just everything about this is just crap. Okay, I just really don't like this song. The songs on here, I mean, side two, if we're talking vinyl, is just not even worth putting on, in my opinion. I mean, everything on that side is just terrible. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, going from Creatures and Lick It Up to this is really stunning for me. And the thing that really makes me even more surprised is the fact that this record actually went double platinum, and that was all on the heels of Heaven's on Fire. So like I said, they should be thanking yeah. you know, the, the MTV audience at this point because that song alone carried that record to that point. And uh, nothing else on there really helped to get to that point. It was just pretty much Heaven's on Fire. So, you know, lucky they had a sound that sort of connected for that song. You know, there wasn't it wasn't really over the top too much. There's no guitar solo to speak of it on there, so it's a really sort of almost like a pop song played metal wise, right? And that that's why it connected. So I just really think that uh, it's one of those uh, records that I just don't really listen to too much, and I I would change pretty much almost everything about it, you know. Everything but heavens on fire. Yeah, I mean, if you change that, then really the record will tank, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. uh, the production needed help. It needs a better producer for sure. Like I said, get mm-hmm. somebody in. Like I said, Max Norman had my vote for that, and uh, yeah, that's 
it's a it's a bitter record for me to talk about because I, I thought it could have did so much better. They were on such a roll after those two records. I thought that it could have been a much better album than it turned out to be. Yeah, for me, I would have I would have kicked Gene Simmons in the ass and said, you know what, we're not. What are you doing with this movie with these little robots and <laughs> spider-looking robots? We're not doing this. You know, this is this is this is your priority. Kiss is your priority, and not this. I would have tried to kick Gene Smith's in the ass a, a long time before it took him to get his head on straight. With you know, by the time they started touring for Hot in the Shade and doing Revenge, I would have said that you know, this this you you need to concentrate on on what got you here, not with what you want to do now. So. Yeah. For me, it would have been get Gene involved more, tell Gene to go back to the drawing board and come up with some better songs. Um, again, if we're not going to bring Vinny back, well, let's let's just not look for a quick fix on guitar. Let's look for a permanent fix on guitar. And Bruce was already in the mix at the time. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure why they just didn't he did go with one, one of the right. know, solos. He played on the album, so I'm not sure why they. They went with Mark, and, I, and I'm sure they had their reasons why they went with Mark. Cause he's the flashy player, and it was and it was the time in 1984, and that was the the big thing. So one thing one thing Mark didn't say in criticizing Amelize is the album cover. Exactly. <laughs> why? That's about the only thing he didn't say in criticizing Amelize. But the album cover is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Again, they you had just taken off the makeup. It's your second album without the makeup. Why not put that image of you on the cover of the album, Kiss, without makeup? They felt the need to put out a version of Creatures of the Night with them without the makeup on. Why didn't you put the band, on, the band on the cover of Animalize? So, and if you want to you know, play up the whole Animalize thing, if that's what you really want, well, put Paul in some kind of leopard or tiger-looking outfit i really don't freaking know but i would have done something along the lines of of that as opposed or you know or just take what's on the back cover and put that on the front cover that's a cool shot of the band in my opinion yeah so that's that's the biggest thing i that's maybe the first thing i would have done mark you didn't criticize the album cover i'm very disappointed in you (laughs) (laughs) don't worry we'll make up for it yeah, but I would I would have definitely put the back cover as the front cover at least for starters. I would have told Gene that what you're bringing to the table isn't good enough, and you know, burn bitch burn isn't working for me, and it's not going to work for the Kiss fans out there either. You need to come, you need to try harder, as my high school gym coach would have told me. So try harder. <laughs> so, um. And I would have gotten a, 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 a rightful producer and not just given Paul Stanley the reins to the ship saying, well, your partner, he's off making a movie. Well, let's just have you produce it and you just steer this whole ship by yourself. Um, I think, you know, you see a, some albums by bands that are self-produced and I think bands just work better with producers, somebody telling them no or someone telling them, yes, this works or no, this doesn't or I like this, but how about we add this to it? And... and you can get down to it. That's my issue with, with some of my issues with Sonic Boom and Monsters that you don't have any. No one has the, yeah. the balls anymore to stand up to Paul Stanley and say no, this doesn't work because they're mm-hmm. not going to be employed much longer. 
that they do that. So, um, I would have gotten a producer, I would have changed the album cover, and I would have told Gene that Kiss is your priority, not these shitty movies. <laughs> Ken. All right. Yes, the album cover is a joke. The, the title of the album is a joke. And I agree, the back would have been better on the front instead of those animal skins that they had on the front. Uh, beyond that, um, yeah, producer, I actually put down one of Mark's earlier choices for another John Mutt Lang I would have used for this. I mean, he could have totally made this a better album yeah. uh, with his, his, his uh, know-how and his... Uh, way of constructing songs um, so yeah and the set just the sound itself would have been a lot better um, and then as for the like we talked about the lead guitarists yes they should have spent more time picking a lead guitarist instead of yeah I called this guy he says he's a real good guitarist and he plays real fast yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. great he's hired I mean, well yeah but you know what Eddie Van Halen is a great guitarist but he constructs solos that fit the song. They fit the song. They sound good. They make sense. Not just a bunch of notes going, zooming which way up and down the frets. And come on. Mm -hmm. let's. I, I can't even believe that Paul allowed that to happen um, at that point. Um, I guess I know he did it probably. It was probably worse than it ended up being i'm sure it was a lot of other things i don't know if even paul might have actually stuck some of his own stuff in there instead of mark just to try to calm things down just <laughs> just refer to the kissology commentary for, for answers to that because paul specifically said on there that they they were the problem was half the time mark was just in the studio by himself with maybe just eric carr and the engineer right. And those guys were doing other things, whether it was recording vocals or whatever. He would come back and hear it and go, what the hell's going on here? And he would say, listen, you need to go back and listen to, you know, some free records or something like that to get a better idea of what we're trying to look for. And then he would look back at Paul and say, I can play faster than those guys. You know, and that was his whole <laughs> attitude. You know, like, I mean, they're right, that right there is where Paul said, you know, we have a problem here now when as soon as he heard something like that, right? Yeah, it's so, not about playing fast. I mean, just give me a break. So as for the song quality, um, maybe half the songs are halfway decent, and the other ones are total. Uh, you know, they're not they're not very good. Um, again, it. yeah, he it's on, crap. Heaven's on fire. I, I enjoy. You know, it was a good you know deal, and I always like I like thrills in the night um, myself. But uh, maybe a couple other songs are were pretty good. Uh, but that's about it. Four or five songs were good, and the rest was kind of down the tubes So uh, for me. Um, again, yeah, producer, song quality, guitarist, album cover. <laughs> it's like a lot. It's a lot going wrong with this. <laughs> a lot going wrong. Yeah. A lot you going sound wrong like Mark in general. So yeah, it's probably one of my lowest. One of my lowest, actually. Ranking Kiss albums, it's probably in my bottom, you know, five or something. Uh, definitely. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to disagree with you on that. I mean, about it being... Most Kiss fans, I think, would put it in their bottom five, if not their bottom three Kiss studio albums. So, if not their, their bottom, 
Yeah. Worst kiss album. So, um, Alex, what about you? I think for one, I think what Kiss Animalist needed with Mark was not Mark St. John, but Mark Kopernicki from Canada on the guitar. Yeah, that would have been better. Would have been better. Now you know it's interesting because Bruce played on two tracks, right? He played on two, right? Um, yeah. So two yeah. tracks. So he was kind of already in the picture in a way. Um, it's kind of a shame. I mean, nothing against Mark St. John. You know, I know he's dead, so he's trying to talk you all about sure. those who aren't here anymore. But I really wish Kiss would have just snagged Bruce right up, especially if they were already having this, like, oh, no, this isn't going to work with this guy with recording. But yet they could get those two tracks of Bruce. That would, seems like it would have been a, a no-brand to go, you know, we should maybe go with that Bruce guy, you know. He's Bob's brother, and, you know, we like Bob. We've used Bob a couple times, and, and Bruce is done a pretty good job here let's keep bruce and um and i remember thinking to myself once i've actually thought on this one like man if they kept bruce and then if they didn't use because if i'm not mistaken the photo they used for the 85 creatures was like the animalized tour right it was like that they used some of the photos for the tour book uh the animalized but the photo they used for the creatures the 85 years that has bruce kulik would have been a great cover for animalized because oh, yeah. bruce has all like they've got the animal print stuff on there as it is, and um, they could have easily have added, you know, the animalized kind of um, style writing, and even if they wanted to be funny, oh cool, and have the little nails that were like on the, uh, <laughs> on like the, the the movie cover for the animalized live uncensored. <laughs> um, you know, they could have had a killer album with that. I think, um, y- um, you know, again, having a producer, you, you need a producer. I like. Um, uh, I, I was I remember in an interview one time with a guy, and it had to do with the book. And when the first edition came out, it, it got pulled, and it had to get republished and edits were made to it. And uh, they asked the guy, he said, "Well, wasn't there an editor at the time? An editor was like a producer for books." And he says, "No." And he goes, "Well, what would an editor have done?" And I know, like produce, like editor, it's like going to the dentist, you know. If you know they they either will come fill in what needs to be filled, take what needs to be taken out, and if anything, just polish up what needs to be polished up. And and that's what Kiss needs, you know. At least even with Animalize, you just needed somebody there to go, like you said, be ballsy enough to go, you know, Paul. Good idea. Here's something better. Mm-hmm. You know, here's what we could have done. Uh, like I'm not like you guys. I'm not too crazy for the last side of the the second side. Um, I do like. Um, that was one track. I do like on the other on the the back side. Um, Oh. It's a real memorable one, obviously. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> it's real memorable. Uh, what was it? Uh, I, I like I ride this while the city sleeps. I, I, oh, okay. I do like that one, but other than that... I was going to say, don't tell me you like murder in high heels. No, or that one's so weird, like murder, you know, no. Um, <laughs> I, I think like that, the, and the, the first side, you know, I've had enough, heaven's on fire. Um, get all you can take. Excellent, excellent. Then you get murdered uh, while the city sleeps. And even under the gun, I thought they did a great live. But um, you know the, the Gene tracks. Um, I, I can't I can't swear on here because I get in trouble. But it starts with burn and ends with burn. burn. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I said it before. I, I, maybe it's because I grew up and I know um, people have used the term log for as a as another term for taking a crap. So I've yeah. always just, you don't want to hear, i got to put Stop it, all right, that's enough. 
Put your turd in her fireplace? I just <laughs> that's what I put it like, oh, somebody took a crap in the fireplace. That's enough. Wow, that's a, it's, like a, it's like a fetish show now. <laughs> so I just, yeah, you know, Gene's writing at this time. This, um, you know, just it, it was nothing there really with, with Gene with the writing. Um, I do think I've Had Enough is a killer track, and I really was disappointed with the other songs by Paul Thrills in the Night. Um, because I thought they had something with I've Had Enough. And of course, Heaven's on Fire is great, but I would have liked to have had a few more I've Had Enough into the fire type songs um, on the album compared to some of the other uh, turds on the album. <laughs> you know, say, don't say turds, Alex, don't say logs. Alex, Alex you know, you made, <laughs> oh, Alex, you made me think of a joke uh, <laughs> about uh, when. Uh, uh, Mr. Spock from Star Trek, he, he when, what did he see when he went into the bathroom? He saw the captain's log. <laughs> so that's, that's that old joke. So we're really, really going down in tubes. Here. Spend hours wow, we're doing, we're doing poop jokes now. <laughs> but wow. yeah, I'm, but I mean, like you said, you know, a producer would have, would have been good. And actually, I like what Lonnie said too. I think Gene should have been put in his place going like, you know, it's cool. You want to do movies? That's awesome. But first things first, your 40-hour-a-week job is here with the band. Yeah. Outside the 40 hours, you know, of your full-time job, you go do whatever you want, as long as it does not affect your job as a you member. You want to do outside of these 40 hours. So these 40 hours, you're going to be dedicated. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's kind of what my attitude is, what our attitude is around, like, my office. Like, what you guys do on your own time is your own time. But what you do here you know, your focus while you're here. So, and I think yeah. that's what somebody should have done with Gene. But again, you know, you, even, I think even going back to that time, you say something like that to Gene, well, you're not going to be working there much longer. And so anyway, I think that's where we're going to leave off for the day. We had a, some technical difficulties getting started and we've had some rants about some crappy kiss albums. So, and that, that, and I'd like to, I'd like to uh, do Asylum when Julian's here because I'd like to hear what Julian would change about yeah. Asylum. I think that'd be fitting for him to be here for that. So um, thank you for everyone who is still listening to the show. Um, we'll see if we allow Alex back on the show next week after his potty mouth this week. Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to convene about that this week and, and decide what you're secret votes but thank you everyone for listening and watching remember you can watch us on YouTube you can listen to us on the Spreaker app you can listen on Google Play you can um, download the show on iTunes there's all kinds of different ways for you to listen to the show however you choose to and however you do please comment on that application comment on the thread on the FAQ get involved in a discussion there's been some good discussions the last few weeks um, which I really enjoy um, hearing what you guys have to say. So what, to you, the FAQers, what would you do to change Dynasty, Unmasked, The Elder, Creatures of the Night, Lick It Up, and Animalize? What would you do? Do you think Mark's too harsh on some of these albums? <laughs> do you think Alex has a potty mouth? <laughs> Let us know what you think. I'd love to, to hear some comments. Um, and Julian, I'd and... Like know what Julian would change about these albums as well. I'd like to hear his input as well since we missed him on the show this week. And we all we also need to know too that if you like Alex, if you hear the word log, do you also think of turd as well? 
You're on thin ice, Mark. Or something like that. <laughs> Uh, looks like so, Lonnie's. Looks like Lonnie's had enough <laughs> to the fire. I had enough, enough of you. I'm writing your name down, <laughs> putting a couple check marks next to it. <laughs> uh, so, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for watching. Leave us your feedback on the show. So, for Julian, for Alex, for Ken, for Mark, I am Lonnie Weishauer. STL Kiss on the board. And Alex. I said Alex. You said Julian. I said I said Julian, and I said Alex. He I? said Alex. He did. Oh, my 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 apologies. Of correcting me. It's my farewell. It's <laughs> enough. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Leave us your feedback. You stay classy, Kiss Army. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.